Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of Marfan syndrome found under the orthopedic section at MedBullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 32-year-old man presents to the emergency room for sudden onset of severe chest pain that radiates down his back. Physical exam reveals a tall and thin habitus, arachnodactyly, and pectus excavatum. Radiography shows widened mediastinum, concerning for an aortic dissection. Let's continue with an introduction to Marfan syndrome. Clinically, it is defined as an inherited connective tissue disorder characterized by aortic abnormalities and musculoskeletal deformities. And with regards to epidemiology, remember that clinical manifestations typically occur in adulthood. In terms of the pathogenesis, remember that fibrillins form a major part of the connective tissues and provide structural support and elasticity to blood vessels, skin, and bones. So abnormalities in fibrillin can result in aortic abnormalities such as cystic medial necrosis, abnormalities in the ectopic lens such as structural weakness in ligaments of the lens, and skeletal deformities. In terms of the genetics, remember that the inheritance pattern for Marfan syndrome is autosomal dominant and the specific mutations are in the FBN1 gene, which is on chromosome 15 and encodes fibrillin 1, a glycoprotein that forms a protective sheath around elastin. Also remember that elastin is found in multiple parts of the body, including large arteries, skin, lungs, and ligaments. Moving on to the presentation. Symptoms will include aortic dilation, aneurysm, or dissection. Remember that dissection will present as acute severe retrosternal chest pain radiating to the back. Some patients will also present with pneumothorax. On exam, you may note tall and thin stature, long extremities where the arm span exceeds height, long fingers and toes, referred to as arachnodactyly. Remember that the thumbnail protrudes beyond the ulnar border of the hand when crossed, that is called the thumb sign, and the thumb and little finger can encircle the wrist, that is called the wrist sign. One may also note pectus carinatum or excavatum, as well as scoliosis and hypermobile joints. On ocular exam, one may note subluxation of the lenses, typically in the superior and temporal direction. And on cardiovascular exam, one may note mitral valve prolapse, which presents with a mid-systolic click followed by a late-systolic murmur, as well as aortic regurgitation, which will present with a diastolic murmur, and mitral regurgitation, which will present with a high-pitched holosystolic murmur. In terms of further imaging, transthoracic echocardiography is indicated for all patients to evaluate for cardiac involvement. Specific findings may include mitral or aortic valve abnormalities and aortic aneurysm or dissection. And when making the diagnosis, remember that it is based on clinical presentation and that genetic testing is not always necessary but is diagnostic. In terms of the differential, make sure to think about homocystinuria, with distinguishing factors being that lens subluxation is downwards and there is mental retardation. Also think about Ehlers-Danlos syndrome with distinguishing factors being that there will be hyperextensible skin and easy bruising, and that middle-sized artery aneurysms are more common than aortic aneurysms. In terms of treatment, remember that there is no curative treatment, but the treatment targets symptoms. Conservative options include avoiding high-impact contact sports. This is indicated for all patients. Medical options include beta blockers or angiotensin receptor blockers. This is indicated to halt the progression of aortic root dilation. Operative options include aortic aneurysm repair. This is indicated in patients with aneurysms greater than 4 to 4.5 centimeters. Another option is cardiac valve repair. This is indicated in patients with severe mitral or aortic valve disease. 
Complications related to Marfan syndrome include aortic dissection, which is the most common cause of death, as well as mitral valve prolapse and congestive heart failure from cardiac valve abnormalities. And lastly, with regards to prognosis, remember that survival has improved with better management of aortic disease, and with early diagnosis and management, patients often have a normal life expectancy. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to Marfan syndrome, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 28-year-old male presents to the emergency department with chest pain. He reports that one hour ago he was climbing the stairs in his home when he suddenly developed excruciating chest pain. He describes the pain as ripping and radiating to the back. The patient's past medical history is significant for a heart murmur that is being followed by his outpatient cardiologist. He takes no medications. The patient works as a carpenter and reports being monogamous with his wife. He denies any history of intravenous drug use or recent travel. In the emergency department, the patient's temperature is 99.4 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.4 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 164 over 96. Pulse is 121 beats per minute and respirations are 14 breaths per minute. On physical exam, the patient appears to be in moderate distress and is clutching his chest. He is tall and has joint hypermobility. His breath sounds are equal and full bilaterally, and he has weak distal pulses. Which of the following is most likely to be found in this patient? And the answer choices are, choice one, holosystolic, high-pitched blowing murmur at the lower left sternal border. Choice two, late systolic crescendo murmur at the apex with mid-systolic click. Choice 3. Mid-diastolic murmur at the apex with opening snap. Choice 4. Mid-diastolic murmur at the left lower sternal border. Or choice 5. Systolic ejection murmur at the right second intercostal space. The best answer to this question is choice 2. Late systolic crescendo murmur at the apex with the mid-systolic click. This patient presents with tall stature joint hypermobility, and new tearing chest pain with weak distal pulses, which suggests a diagnosis of Marfan syndrome complicated by new aortic dissection. Patients with Marfan syndrome are at higher risk of mitral valve prolapse, which presents as a late systolic crescendo murmur at the apex with a mid-systolic click. Mitral valve prolapse is common in Marfan syndrome and may or may not be associated with mitral regurgitation. In young children with severe forms of Marfan syndrome, the mitral valve prolapse and resulting regurgitation can be severe enough to cause heart failure, which is a major cause of morbidity and mortality in this population. Cystic medial necrosis of the aorta in Marfan syndrome also commonly leads to several aortic pathologies, including aortic root dilation, aortic regurgitation, and aortic dissection. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. A holosystolic, high-pitched blowing murmur at the left lower sternal border reflects tricuspid regurgitation, which is usually due to pulmonary hypertension secondary to left-sided heart disease. Aortic and mitral regurgitation, rather than tricuspid regurgitation, are commonly found in Marfan syndrome. Choice 3. A mid-diastolic murmur at the apex with opening snap reflects mitral stenosis, which is most commonly caused by rheumatic heart disease. Mitral valve prolapse and mitral regurgitation are more common in Marfan syndrome and are both systolic murmurs. Choice 4. A mid-diastolic murmur at the left lower sternal border reflects tricuspid stenosis, which is also commonly caused by rheumatic heart disease. Right-sided heart disease is not common in Marfan syndrome. Choice 5. 
A systolic ejection murmur at the right intercostal space reflects aortic stenosis, which may be caused by calcification or a congenitally abnormal bicuspid valve. Aortic regurgitation, which is a diastolic murmur, is more common in Marfan syndrome. Finally, a bullet summary. Patients with Marfan syndrome have an increased risk of both aortic regurgitation, which presents as a diastolic murmur at the right second intercostal space, and mitral valve prolapse, which presents as a late systolic murmur with a mid-systolic click. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 16-year-old male presents to an ophthalmologist as a new patient with a complaint of blurry vision. He reports that over the past several months, he has had increasing difficulty seeing the board from the back of the classroom at school. The patient is otherwise doing well in school and enjoys playing basketball. His past medical history is otherwise significant for scoliosis, which is managed by an orthopedic surgeon. His family history is significant for a mother with type 2 diabetes mellitus and a father who underwent aortic valve replacement last year. On physical exam, the patient is tall for his age and has long arms. He has 20 degrees of thoracic scoliosis, which is stable from previous exams. On slit lamp exam, the patient is found to have bilateral upward lens subluxation and is prescribed corrective lenses. Which of the following is the most likely etiology of this patient's presentation? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Defective metabolism of methionine Choice 2. Extra copy of a sex chromosome Choice 3. Mutation of gene on chromosome 15 Choice 4. Mutations of COL5A1 or COL5A2 Choice 5. Mutations of RAT proto-oncogene The best answer to this question is choice 3, mutation of a gene on chromosome 15. This patient presents with tall stature, upward lens subluxation, and a family history of aortic valve disease, which suggests a diagnosis of Marfan syndrome. Marfan syndrome is caused by an autosomal dominant mutation in the fibrillin 1 gene on chromosome 15. The fibrillin 1 gene codes for a glycoprotein in the extracellular matrix of connective tissue. For that reason, patients with Marfan syndrome classically present with a triad of musculoskeletal, ocular, and cardiovascular symptoms. The musculoskeletal findings include tall stature, long limbs, arachnodactyly, pectus excavatum, joint hypermobility, skin hyperelasticity, and scoliosis. Patients with Marfan syndrome also often present with upward lens subluxation, and they are at increased risk of cardiac disease, including aortic regurgitation and aortic dissection. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Defective metabolism of methionine describes homocystinuria, an autosomal recessive deficiency of cystathione synthase. Although patients with homocystinuria may also have tall stature, arachnodactyly, and pectus deformity, the lens dislocation in homocystinuria is downward rather than upwards. Patients with homocystinuria also tend to have a fair complexion, mental retardation, and are at an increased risk of thromboembolic events. Choice 2. An extra copy of a sex chromosome describes Klinefelter syndrome, or 47XXY. Although patients with Klinefelter syndrome classically present with tall stature, they do not have the other clinical features found in this patient, including joint hypermobility and lens subluxation. Patients with Klinefelter also present with hypogonadism and azoospermia. Choice 4. Mutation of COL5A1 or COL5A2 leads to Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, a collagen disorder that commonly presents with joint hypermobility, skin hyperextensibility, and skin fragility with easy bruising. 
Ehlers-Danlos would not explain this patient's lens subluxation. Choice 5. Mutation of the RET proto-oncogene describes multiple endocrine neoplasia type 2b. Patients with MEN2b present with marfanoid habitus and are predisposed to medullary thyroid cancer, pheochromocytoma, and mucosal neuromas. MEN2b would not explain lens subluxation. Finally, a bullet summary. Marfan syndrome is caused by an autosomal dominant mutation in the fibrillin 1 gene on chromosome 15 and presents with a triad of musculoskeletal, ocular, and cardiovascular findings. That's all for this review about Marfan syndrome. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast.